If you're on a pizza joint, or maybe several pizza joints, you order a ton of cheese. Why not get a little something in return? Baccio Cheese has a Gold Club Rewards program that literally gives you cash back for every pound of cheese you buy. No tricks or gimmicks. They send you a Visa card loaded with cash every month so you can buy whatever you want. Dinner for your family, maybe a gift for an employee. No strings attached. The more cheese you buy, the higher the rate of reimbursement. There's gold, platinum, and for you heavy-duty cheese users, there's the diamond level. Here's another bonus. Gold Club members get funds twice a year to use in Baccio's marketing store to use for things like custom printing menus and pizza box stickers, things you'll actually use, plus marketing support for social media and websites. New members also get a cool handcrafted pizza peel. Now that's practical, and right there tells you they understand your business. Baccio cheese is available exclusively through the PFG Reinhardt Foods Network. See which rewards tier you qualify for by visiting bacciocheese.com slash pizzacityusa and enroll today. I was sim- pretty straightforward and simple. I said, I, I'm, I, this is daunting and I'm scared to do this and I know what you do is probably harder than anything that I'll ever do. It was kind of just like, okay, now I'm gonna tell you everything I know. A couple weeks of, of, of really drastic changes on how I was approaching the flour, how I was approaching just making the dough, the steps, things I never even thought about. When you're a two Michelin starred chef, accustomed to working with luxe ingredients, how do you make the pivot to pizza? If you're Noah Sandoval, you do it with a lot of humility and ask a ton of questions. How one company in Chicago decided to commit to Sicilian pizza and did it the right way by asking one of the nation's foremost experts for help. The story of pizza-friendly pizza straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the show this week. Great to have you along with us. We continue our Hop around the country. We're back in the Midwest this week for a fantastic Sicilian slice. Uh, before we talk about that today, I want to tell you about my pop-up coming up. If you happen to be in Chicago, uh, November 22nd, which is a Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I'm doing a pop-up over at Pizza Lobo. This is from Chef Dan Snowden. Used to be um, downtown at uh, Bad Hunter, kind of a veggie-forward menu. That restaurant closed. Dan's doing a great job doing kind of a thin, I don't want to say New York style because it's not quite as wide as a New York, but definitely a thin sort of artisan-style pie. Great inspiration in the toppings, long fermentation in a Pizza Master electric oven. Uh, But anyway, November 22nd, 5 p.m., I'm going to make four different styles, four different flavors, I should say, uh, limiting it to 64 slices, all the proceeds going to the Chicago Fund for Southern Smoke Foundation, big charity started by um, chefs down in, uh, I forgot his name, Chris Shepard down in Houston. Uh, but they've got a $4 million Chicago Fund to help restaurant workers and bar workers um, who need some funds this time of year. And I know that uh, it could come in handy. So 
we're doing a, an auction on my Instagram, which is Steve Delinsky, for a Breville pizza oven and for an Unicoda. So those are already bidded up quite a bit, a thousand, I think, eleven hundred bucks on the Breville so far, and about two hundred bucks on the on the uh, Coda. So go to Steve Delinsky on my Instagram um, and bid. Uh, direct message me and bid. Um, all the proceeds going to help a great cause. Okay, today's show, kind of an interesting pivot for Noah Sandoval. Um, here's a chef who has really worked his way up around the country, um, had a great place years ago called Senza, which was a gluten-free restaurant, and actually got a Michelin star, which is unheard of, and had opened uh, Oriel with his wife, Kara, and uh, Oriel, just a fantastic, fine dining restaurant, two-star Michelin. I put it up there with Alinea in terms of a dining experience, just a pure pleasure, um, really refined, but not, they don't take themselves too seriously where you feel stuffy. And along comes the pandemic and he talks to his friend, Bruce Finkelman, one of the partners over at 16 on center, uh, a group that has several projects going on in Chicago, revival food hall, um, that yours truly did a pizza pop up there over a year last year. Uh, but also bite cafe, which is next door to the empty bottle, a fantastic uh, independent music club. And after 30 years in business with the pandemic, they realized Byte was just not going to be viable. And so two friends chatted uh, over text and they came up with the idea for pizza. Now, just because you're a Michelin star chef doesn't mean you know how to make pizza. And as people listening to this show know, it's a hell of a lot more complicated than just looking at a recipe. So he had sent me some pictures back in the summer. I thought he needed to reach out to some professional help. And that's where John Arena comes into the picture uh, from Pizza Metro in Las Vegas. Uh, just such a gentleman. Um, as you probably know, if you've ever met John, but uh, just class act all the way, willing to help somebody else who just wants to get better and wants to learn the craft. And so that was really this collaboration that formed Pizza Friendly Pizza um, in Ukrainian Village over on Western Avenue in Chicago. And uh, we began this this show, as we do all shows, uh, by asking our guests what their first pizza memory was. Probably baking the Chef Boyardee pizza in a box um, with my mom in like 1988 in Scotland, because I didn't go to school most of the time. I was going to think it was going to be someplace like on the shore in Virginia. You're from Virginia, right? I'm from Virginia, but my dad was a, a SEAL in the Navy, so we, we traveled a lot. And I did a lot of home cooking uh, with my mother. <laughs> and in America, what would your East Coast pizza memories have been? Growing up in Virginia, there wasn't a whole lot of good pizza, um, but it was it was a place called Mary Angela's I really liked, um, and Carytown. I think they're still open. In the year and a half, two years we've been doing this show, you're definitely the first guest we've had that's received a Michelin star, I should say two Michelin stars. And I want to kind of follow that track. Tell me how you got into this business be way before pizza. You were interested in, in cooking and fine dining. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess the beginning of that, I dropped out of high school. I, I actually never went to high school. I went for like two months. Um, and I decided I needed to start making money so I could have some money to spend on whatever. Weed. Uh. <laughs> there you go. Weed. Okay. So I started washing dishes at a, at a restaurant called Helen's in, in Richmond. Really liked the scene. It was like all artists or musicians just kind of like, this is their job because they can take days off and go on tour, or it's their job to pay the bills while they make art. And it was just really, really cool people. And I was kind of drawn to that. Uh, the chef there, his name is David Shannon. He's a good friend of mine and mentor, uh, kind of took me under his wing. Went from you know washing dishes to washing dishes and making salads, and then to making salads. And then, then maybe you can work the hotline and then maybe 
you can have a key, and then maybe you can start doing the ordering, and then you know, it just kind of it's, it's a very slow but promising progression. I decided to go to culinary school in New Orleans in like 2001. Hated it just like I hated high school. <laughs> it's just you know, it's like I know what a zucchini is. You don't have to tell me what a zucchini is. And I was working at this restaurant called Marisol at the time um, under Pete Vasquez. It was a really, really, really good restaurant. And I was learning ten times as much just working in this restaurant and I was getting paid so I was like why not just do that and that was kind of a turning point. After New Orleans um, spent a little bit of time in Iowa near Iowa City in a place called Mount Vernon working for a chef this is kind of this is a good segue actually um, his name is Matt Steigerwald and he had a place called the uh, Lincoln Cafe and he was a genius he closed the Lincoln Cafe and opened a, a wine bar next door and he put a, a wood wood burning oven in there and turned it into a pizza shop, which is some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. And did, was there a destination between Iowa and Chicago? I went back to Richmond to work for David as a sous chef for, I don't know, six, six years. Ended up opening a restaurant in, in Richmond called Verbena. Um, didn't work out that great. So then I decided to move to Chicago because, you know, New York was too expensive. That's a legitimate, typical response I hear from people who, like, I couldn't go to New York or San Francisco, too expensive. Yeah. So you come to Chicago, not really knowing anybody? I knew one one person, yeah, my, my a really good friend Kevin, and he uh, he was working at Alinea at the time, and he was like, yeah, come out here, it's great. And I've been here a bunch of times before, kind of like a, a it was like a vacation spot for me. The um, land, so you're like the land of deep dish pizza, the land of lasagna and a bread bowl. Yeah. Did you start eating pizzas um, in earnest in Chicago? Absolutely, a piece pizza was like three times a week. Lou Malnati's, you know, we get that for staff meal sometimes, and that was kind of my first, like, you know, deep dish kind of situation, but... Uh, Did you realize back then, even though, that you had to order it, you had to specify crumbled in order to get the sausage crumbled? Otherwise, if you said nothing, it would be one giant hubcap of sausage on the pizza? I had no idea. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I still don't really know what I'm doing, but... You should always order those uncut, by the way. You don't <laughs> want to get them cut. The Malnati salad is, is like, the salad for me. Like, it hits every every note, so I usually get that, too. But um, again, but it, like a, a non-traditional pizza person uh, history backstory, you were working your way up in restaurants. So Spring, um, you worked at Senza, which was a gluten-free restaurant, which yeah. got a Michelin star. Yeah, yeah. Kara and I opened and closed that place. Kara, your wife. Yeah, Kara, yeah. Okay. So, so you did Senza, which was a remarkable restaurant, and then what happened? About nine months later, I opened Oriole, because a couple rec regulars from, from Senza were like, hey, if you ever want to do anything, I was like, of course I want to do something. <laughs> How would you describe Oriole to an out-of-towner? Super expensive tasting menu. <laughs> Intimate, small, we're only doing 12 people at a time right now. Cozy, approachable. It's been pretty universally lauded, not just in Chicago, but nationally. Um, the last time Michelin came out with their stars, you know, two stars, which is amazing. Congratulations on that. You. you just recently reopened it at, during uh, the pandemic, right? Yeah. That's kind of how I've thought of your career in Chicago all this time. And yet, here we are talking pizzas. We're standing in Pizza Friendly Pizza, which used to be Bite Cafe, which is a 30-year stalwart next to Empty Bottle, which is a great independent music club. Tell me how this collaboration worked with Bruce Finkelman. Oh, Bruce is a partner in Oriole, um, and I don't think a lot of people know that. We always talk about doing something cool, you know, and, and even aside from that, if I want to go see a show at the Empty Bottle and it's sold out, he, he helps me out. But then the pandemic hits and you're both kind of freaking out like, Bruce has got Bike Cafe, which is a tight little cafe. You've got Oreo, which is a small, intimate restaurant. Neither of those work during a pandemic. Luckily, both of us are very, like, look at the bright side of stuff, guys, you know, and try to make it right, you know, make things work. Pizza seems easy, like a no-brainer. Bruce is thinking to himself, well, you're a talented chef. How hard could pizza be, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I think he was probably thinking that, yeah. But I, I think he was more concerned than I was. And what was your thought? When you said pizza, we agreed on that. What was your thought instantly? What kind of pizza? Well, instantly, I wanted to, be, to do something a little different. I didn't want to do something that you could just get everywhere. You know, Ten years ago, everywhere was doing a wood-fired sort of neo-Neapolitan. Yeah. More recently, they've gotten into the artisan two- to three-day long fermentation, high hydration, but still thin, not necessarily a sort of a square Sicilian like you see on the East Coast. But you had, had uh, you, think you and Kara had a couple of experiences in New York that inspired you. Yeah, the Prince Street pizza kind of blew my mind. You know, Kara, I remember years ago, we went, we walked in there, and I, I ordered a regular, you know, New York you know, slice. Because it's, you know, I was like, this is the best thing they have. This is, yeah, I'm going to get this. And Kara got the Sicilian, and I took a bite of it. I was like, oh, man, I want to eat that. I was like, that, that's, that's what I want, you know, and it, and it kind of blew my mind. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this Sicilian and how John Arena comes into the picture here at Pizza Friendly Pizza. Uh, we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Noah Sandoval here, the chef and partner at Pizza Friendly Pizza. He's also the chef and owner of Oriole, a beautiful restaurant in Chicago. Next time you come to the city, certainly a, a, a big night out. You want to go to Oriole, but when you just want to just hang out and get a slice of pizza, you're going to come to Pizza Friendly Pizza here. I had written about this pizza um, a few weeks ago or so. I called it the best Sicilian in town for a couple of reasons. Um, part of the reason is because... Uh, I served as, my, my Yiddish friends will appreciate this, when I was the Shidduch. I was kind of the matchmaker, if you will, uh, with John Arena. Um, Noah, you were sending me some pictures back in June, and I thought there was a, an issue with the bottom, with the undercarriage of the pizza. So what was your reaction? As soon as you told me that you were like, are you using a, 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 a perforated sheet tray? And then I felt shame. I felt shame. And I... Because uh, you can see the scaling, the fish scales <laughs> underneath with the little indentations. And, you know, and that, that was kind of the, 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 the turning point of me trying to really figure this out. You know, I, I don't take myself very seriously when it comes to, to, to doing stuff that other people do really well. I wasn't expecting to dive into it as deep as I, as I did. And so this is where your humility actually served you well. So you said, you know, what do you think? I said, you know, there's only one guy I can think of, John Arena in Las Vegas at Metro. He is really the godfather of Sicilian. He's been doing it forever. People look to him um, for advice. Uh, you guys started talking. What was that like? Uh, he's the nicest guy I've ever talked to, I think. By the way, Instagram, he's Johnny Pizza Guy, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we got on the phone, and first thing he said was, you know, a lot of chefs don't respect what we do. And that was kind of, I think it was more of a question to me, you know, are you going to take this seriously? And I, simp- I was simp- pretty straightforward and simple. I said, I, I'm, I, this is daunting, and I'm scared to do this, and I know what you do is probably harder than anything that I'll ever do. Um, and it was kind of just like, okay, now I'm going to tell you everything I know. You know, and it was just like, you know, a couple a couple weeks of, of, of really drastic changes on how I was approaching the flour, the, the the how I was approaching just making the dough, the steps, um, things I never even thought about. Like, why do you not put salt in in the beginning? Why do you not put the steps are are, are very very important. And he just was so you know, kind. <laughs> Which is so remarkable because you know, like in the chef world, if somebody called you up and say, "Hey, I'm a young chef," and in Richmond, yeah. and I really like what you do at Oriole, you're not going to tell them how you make your you know, most popular appetizer or something and give them the, sort of the keys of the kingdom, are you? You know, I probably would. <laughs> but, you know, typically, I, no. I mean, typically, no. I don't think so. But, you know, it's, so he was very generous. He's very, very generous, yeah. And it's, it's, it's inspiring. 
Okay, so tell me about this pizza a little bit. Uh, what can or can't you tell me? I want to know about the flour, I want about fermentation. You said you changed your flour up right away? Yeah, right away. We went from a, a, a specific type of caputo to another. Um, now we're using the Americana. It's a lot more stable. We're doing between a four and five day ferment, um, depending on how much we sell and what, what we go through. Um, we have a very, very small operation, so we can't, we have to watch out for storage. Um, yeah, we, the room we're standing in here, which was the old Bite Cafe dining room, is just completely filled with a cooler and speed racks and some dough in different stages here. Some that's been just fermenting with plastic over it, some that's been par-baked. Yep, yeah, it's, it's and we, we're gonna have to get rid of, we're gonna have to find a, a place for all this at some point, and the, the basement's like three and a half feet tall, so. And let's see, you got somebody back there, uh, Chris going your Lloyd uh, steel pans. That's Ruben. He's the head chef here. Ruben's the man here. Yeah, Ruben's the man here, and he's he likes to rub Crisco and stuff. Because you got to put that dough, you got to get it in the pan and let it relax a little bit too. You can't just put it in the pan and bake it. You, yeah, you have to let it come to room temp, which is in here is about 72. Then you have to stretch it very gently. He's got nice, gentle hands, and then you have to essentially let it sit out between 10, 10 and 12 hours at room temperature, and then you bake it. Wow, that's a long time. So it is. You probably you had no idea how long this was going to take this whole process. In the beginning, no. I, didn't, I mean, I had no clue. I didn't. I mean, it's the panning and the and the, the final final rise uh, situation that we, it causes us to build a, a dough room in the basement. Give me a sense for the the lifespan here. When you actually start mixing the flour with uh, and the water and the yeast to the time a customer eats the pizza, how much time is in between there? It takes about an hour to make one batch of dough, which is about 30 pies. Put them in the rounds. Put them in the dough boxes. Put them in the walk-in cooler. They stay there for four to five days, pull out the dough, rest for three hours, comes to room temperature, around three hours depending on the, the temperature in the room, pan the dough. That takes, you know, per pie takes about, you know, two minutes. And then that has to go into a 74 degree room for 10 to 12 hours. Leaves the room, um, goes into a 525 degree oven for 10 minutes, cools completely. And at that point, you can freeze it, or you can uh, you can use it right away, which we use it right away. Um, we have some in the freezer for backups, but at that point, it's just sitting ready for you to kind of put your toppings on and get and, and, and finish. And that you know, put your toppings on, and you do another 12 minutes at 525. And what we do is we slice it and wait for somebody to order, you know, it by the slice or by by the whole pie. When it's ordered, it goes back into the into the oven straight on the deck, two three minutes, crisp up the bottom, heat up the top. About a week. <laughs> it's about a week. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So talk about uh, your sauce. Uh, kind of tomatoes. You are you particular? Yeah. We just use what's the brand of the tomatoes? Alta Cucina. Yeah. Alta Cucina. And uh, we just more of a like a like a pasta sauce than anything else. A lot of sherry vinegar. A lot of smoked black pepper. A lot of lot of garlic. A lot of fennel fennel seed. Um, tomato paste. Tomatoes. Salt. And that's that's pretty much it. But it's just like a perfect balance. We try to try to bring all like sweet, acid, salt, heat. How about the cheese? Uh, burrata. We're putting burrata into a blender and blending it up and seasoning that with fennel pollen and salt. And that gets goes into a piping bag and every slice, which is nine, nine slices per pizza, gets a big big dollop. So it's almost like a cheese so sauce. So it's a post-bake dollop. You put a, a, a layer of mozzarella on the pizza first. No mozzarella. We have, we don't, it, uh, it's just... Just sauce it, bake it. That's it. Sa sauce it, cheese it, bake it. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's before the bake. Okay, yeah. you do pipe it on. Interesting. Wow, blending the burrata. I've never heard that before. Is that something you just came up with? Yeah, I figured it'd be easier for service than like, you know, trying to slice it. And then you can season it up really nice and it's, it's super consistent. You know, it's 
It's just an easier way of approaching it, I think. Pepperoni, now it's interesting because you, you were saying earlier in the last segment you like Prince Street Pizza. Mm -hmm. They use the Rosa Grande cup and char, but you're going with, uh, I think, Izo? Izo, yeah, uh-huh, out of Columbus. A, a friend recommended it to me. <laughs> good, good. Um, and then um, anything like sausage. Oh, Chicago is a big sausage town. Uh, typically not a pepperoni destination, but people will get the raw, raw bulk sausage that's sort of pinched and pressed with quite a bit of fennel. Yeah. Is that your or Ruben's game? Yes, Ruben's. Um, he decided to go, we're going to Greco, right, for the sausage? Yeah, we're getting it from Greco, um, and they, they make really good sausage, like a lot of different types, and we just chose the fennel sausage. And then because of your chef-y background, where you're, you're used to working with uh, Ocetra every day and Alaskan king crab every day, are you getting any, you know, are you relying on like Regalis or any of your super cool, interesting suppliers to get you source something that maybe you wouldn't find in any other pizza place? Yeah, we use Rare Cheese Cellar a lot. Um, you know, those, those guys are great and I've used them for 13 years now. So Shout I, out to Rod Marcus. Rod Marcus. Right. Brian. <laughs> and so what, what do they get you? Give me one example that you might get from your tea cellars. Smoked black pepper. It's, it's, a, it's a huge thing for me. I, I use it. It's in pretty much every dish at Oriole and, <laughs> and here. So. Oh, and so what does that bring to the, to the, the final product? It's, it's just, I mean, it's like that smoky heat that, I mean, when I moved to Chicago, I was, I was surprised at how much more we use black pepper in the South. You know, in, in Richmond, it was, it's like you use rosemary, you use black pepper. I moved here and it was like, Nowhere, so I, I kind of just I like to just throw it around, you know. I've seen you use a little bit of Calabrian or some kind of a chili oil as well, and also oh, yeah. honey too. Yeah, yeah, all kind. Of, we it's you know it, there's a million ways to 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 balance things. So you typically are doing like three flavors or four? Four. We do three that are ours, and then we have a guest um, a guest chef who will come up with the pizza, and we we donate a portion of the profits charity. As you look at this pizza, it's got that beautiful crumb, kind of a nice tight crumb on the side. Underneath, I was trying to describe what it looked like. I was saying it sort of looks like if you're looking at the moon through a telescope, oh, yeah. sort of see the, the, the craters from far away. Yeah. Is that kind of what you want, that sort of that opening, sort of cratery look, but crispy underneath? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm going for, you know, and it's, it's, it's way harder than I thought. <laughs> it's way harder. Way harder, it's, yeah. says the two Michelin star chef. So do you feel like now you've dialed it in, so you've been doing this now probably since July or August, kind of full-time-ish. Do you feel like now here in late fall you got it in, dialed up? I think so. We've got a lot, of, a lot of guys that care about what they're doing, you know, and people that are, 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 are interested, you know, cooks and chefs are interested in, in, the, in making the final product perfect you know i can't i can't really be here much anymore because of oriole but i can rely on my guys to do it so it feels great yeah. this this time of year it's chilly you can no longer really do this back dining as much but you've got the empty bottle next door you think you're expanding it or you're remodeling it tell me what what are the options are either delivery or eat in yeah you can uh, you can you can you can come through the alley go go into the empty bottle and just hang out um it's you can just order what you want and eat it in there and reorder in there if you'd like. Um, the delivery's been really good to us. Um, I've, I've, we've been doing it for a week, and I've ordered twice at Oriole, and it comes exactly on time. So it <laughs> I feel pretty happy about that. And uh, it reheats, you know, better than any any anything I've, I've I've had. I think it does reheat extremely well. Pizzeria again is called Pizza Friendly Pizza. It's right next door to the Empty Bottle on Western Avenue. It's about a 10 to 15 minute drive from downtown. We're kind of on the cusp of Humboldt Park, Ukrainian Village. Uh, go see Noah Sandoval and see Ruben and uh, spread the love and, and try their Sicilian pizza. It's really fantastic. Noah, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. This is great. Thanks.
Now, I know regular listeners are saying to themselves, hey, Steve, you didn't ask him what you always ask at the end of the show. Uh, Knowing what you know now, what advice would you have given yourself before jumping into pizza? Believe me, it was a crazy day. The day that I interviewed him, all shit was happening, and um, I forgot. So I texted him yesterday, (laughs) asked him the same question, and he said, "It's here it is. It is important to seek out advice from experts. Um, and he par- you know, parenthetically said John Arena. Uh, the pizza community is extremely welcoming and supportive. So great advice. Indeed it is. And um, thanks again to Noah for taking some time out of his morning. By the way, he did reopen Oriole, in case we didn't talk about that in the show. He did just reopen Oriole. They're doing a remodel over there as well, a big remodel. Uh, but, boy, if you're ever in Chicago and you're looking for something, fine dining, you know, of course, there's Alinea, there's Smith. Uh, but I put Oriole in there, absolutely. Okay, coming up in two weeks, we're down east in Maine on the banks of the Demarascada River. We spent a good three days in here just trying different doughs to work with that oven. We originally went really high, and... Um, it wasn't that great. The pizza was good, but it was only good for about two minutes. Matching the moisture content to the heat that we use the oven at was, was the biggest challenge. I hope I pronounced that right. Damariscota? Damariscata? Well, we'll find out in two weeks. In the land of chowder and lobster rolls, wood-fired pizzas are the stars at Oysterhead Pizza. That's in two weeks on November 20th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and rate us, please. I would love to know what you like or dislike about the show. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is PizzaCityUSA.com. You'll find tour information there, um, short pizza recaps in some of the other cities I visited, like New York City, under the About uh, section. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and just to remind everybody, stay safe out there, wear the mask, Keep distancing. Uh, Please keep ordering pizzas and keep your favorites afloat during the pandemic. Thanks for listening as always. And here is wishing you an optimal bite ratio always.